Welcome to the Connect Hope Podcast, a podcast to encourage pastors and ministry leaders who are striving to make Jesus famous. Hey, welcome to Connect Hope. This is Gene Jennings here with Chuck Gordon, and uh, you are here joining us today. We're going to talk about serving, Chuck. Is serving necessary? How do we serve? How do we encourage people to serve? How to be a servant of Christ? So um, where do you want to go with this thing today? Well, I'd appreciate it, Gene. If you go get me a Coke, all right? Go ahead and start by serving me now, all right? Diet Coke, actually, uh, okay. with a three-quarter cup of ice. And uh, I mean, no, yes. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. Yes, serving. Man, this is a, a tough topic. We, I believe we all buy into it. Uh, I believe that, that many of us see that, man, the church people should be about this, but it's probably one of the biggest battles that uh, so many churches have is finding people willing to serve that and, and tithe, you know, they kind of go neck and neck, I think for number one right. in, in challenge, but yes. My, so where do you come from? What do you see there uh, when it comes to, to serving in the body of Christ? I guess we need to define what we're talking about. So you're talking about, should the, should the pastor be serving? Should the <laughs> staff be serving or? I think every, every believer does, right? I and mean, we, we got biblical, biblical evidence of that throughout, you know, Jesus yeah. said he came to serve. And uh, there's just so much scripture, you know, Peter talks about it, obviously, Apostle Paul. Um, there's no debate, I don't think, that we're to be servants. We're to be servants just as Jesus was a servant. Um, so the challenge, like you said, though, for challenge for church leaders is it seems like we live in this 80-20 rule world where 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. And I don't know, you know, honestly, I'm not sure if there's a secret, what the secret is to to breaking that 80-20 rule, but I feel like that's kind of where we live in church world. Well, Gene, first, I, I think you're really kind of in the 90s there. It's, it's more like an 81-19% rule. Oh, okay, so it changed. You're, you're a little off there. <laughs> no, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Obviously, not up to date with the statistics. Sorry. Oh, man. Yeah, that, it's brutal. <laughs> it stings when when uh, sometimes when you look. And, and I, I believe like many of us were so incredibly blessed by those that are serving and, and it's, it's so humbling when you're around mm -hmm. people that have a servant heart and they dive in. But I almost feel like we live on the edge of this preface. Pref so, 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 so I can't even talk today uh, of, <laughs> okay. of pushing them over the edge of, of you know, burning them out. Yeah. Um, because anything we do, those are the people that show up. They show up, show up. And then all of a sudden we wonder where they disappeared to. And how do we keep people even that's kind of, I guess, another might be another podcast. How yeah. do we keep those that, man, they bust their tail because they want to be there. They want to serve Christ. But in the fact of other people not showing up, we end up burning out the ones that are servants. Do you um, think those people, because I know who you're talking about, and I see it happen all the time. Do you think those people, um, they get a little bit disappointed and become disengaged because of, uh, what they see around them, that 80% does not doing anything? That's a, that's a good one. I believe for many, having talked with many, those that you you wish you could have an exit interview with mm. anybody that steps off right. a team, and, and, and I encourage you to do that if, if you don't already do that, but to have some type of exit interview if people step down, but usually they just want to disappear into the woodwork or right. even leave your church. And I've seen that happen too many times. Yeah. And just to find out, okay, what's going on? And and I wonder, I know some must be discouraged because they don't see other people stepping up. And I've heard that. Uh, I also see some that there's almost a, what started off as a servant heart 
they dive in and and eventually it can actually almost even turn to bitterness and resentment for some some because they're serving and nobody's giving me the appropriate feedback or oh. whatever and they're serving of christ started off of being about christ but ended up being about well i'm serving the church i'm serving the staff and they're not appreciating me um, i've seen that happen too and that's dangerous and, and uh i know we've got to give them accolades and right. encourage them but ultimately we want to encourage well how, how have y'all dealt with trying to keep people where they they don't slip into that mode of they're just serving without realizing the significance of it why they're doing it i know right. that's got to be right on the forefront well i know in my current church and my previous church we we had multiple services on sunday and i feel like that's one um solution if you will is i feel like we need to have multiple services so that people can indeed come into a service they can kind of sit and soak it up worship in one service but then go serve during the other during the other service we really encourage our people to to be here for the whole morning you know to, to serve in one service and then to to worship and, and sit and soak in the other service so i feel like sometimes we um our churches and i know not every church can offer multiple services i realize that um but i feel like sometimes we burn people out because they are serving and they're busy maybe outside the worship service, maybe they're in the kids' ministry or out in the parking lot or whatever they're doing, and they never get a chance to just sit and just, you know, take that deep breath, sit back, relax, you know, take in the message, you know, participate in worship um, because we make them so make them work and be so busy outside of the service. And, uh, you know, ultimately, Chuck, you know, our gathering together as a body of Christ to worship and serve and, and to be discipled, that's why we gather together, right? And so when we don't give people an opportunity to do that, then we're going to burn them out. Yeah. And, and I, I know that there is the biblical principle and we can talk all this, this rationale as to why we want people to do it. But, you know, flat out, don't we want to disciple people and raise them up to, to follow Christ? And, you know, Jesus even said, you know, in Matthew 23, 11, the greatest among you must be your servant. Mm -hmm. And, just, you know, he laid out the foundation that we're called to be servants. First Peter 4.10, uh, you know, God's word says, as each person has received a gift, use it to serve one another. And so there's that element of we're, we're all this way. We're all wired to serve, but it's a matter of, are we going to step into those gifts that God's given us? Mm -hmm. uh, like you, we, we had a culture of what we call serve and celebrate. Mm -hmm. um, even we have the two services and we even created the second service just from a vantage point, we wanted to give people an opportunity to, to serve. And part of it came out of looking at some of the amazing Jesus servants we had, and they were serving every Sunday and nobody was stepping up. Yeah. So we're like, well, let's create an environment where they can. Because some of those people didn't people didn't step up because they thought, well, once I get down in preschool, children, whatever, I'll never be able to go to worship again. I'm like, okay, we'll take care of that. Right. And and it it means again a lot of extra work means worship team and preaching and everything else. Um that you've, you've got to step up your game in, in essence and, and serve all the more, but it gives people an opportunity to, to do what God's called us to do, to serve and celebrate. Yeah. So like you said, I know every church can't do that. Right. But um, but I wonder how many churches are on the edge of that and, and what they would see growth, if they might take that step. Right. And, I know the churches that have dealt with that decision, that's a tough decision to make is, you know, when do you pull the trigger? When do you go to two services? Um, but I do feel like if you can do that, that's a big, big advantage. It, it gives everybody that, that opportunity to, to serve. I love uh, New Spring. They kind of took the whole thing of the serve culture and they had it in one of their core values. They called it save people, serve people. And, and man, that's true. It's 
you're saved, if you trusted Christ, right? You know, no, I wouldn't go so far to say if you're not serving, well, you've lost your salvation. So I'm not going to anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, that's a whole other thing. But just that, or that you're not not a Christ follower. But it makes me wonder what we're doing as far as discipleship. I'll, I'll bring it this this remote landing of if we are a part of the body of Christ, uh, we're a member of it. Are we considered family? All right. If that's if that's it, we're family. Let me, let me put it this way, kind of bringing it home. OK. Do you uh, did your kids have chores growing up? Uh. <laughs> or that's a touchy subject. I need to talk uh, to yeah. Beth on no, that one. Uh, yeah. She might start throwing things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember like the formal chore list and all that. I'm sure we I'm sure we tried it. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. Um, you know, I don't remember a chore list on the refrigerator that we checked off. But again, maybe I may get in trouble for saying this, but um, but I mean, but I guess um, maybe it wasn't a formal chore list, gotcha. but we certainly gave our kids responsibilities and well, things they had to do. We expected them to do. Yeah. Um, and part of that would be to be selfless. And yeah. that's what service is, being selfless and humbling themselves and and uh, and serving their family. Yeah. Had a had a friend that uh, was telling me, I just remember this so distinctly. They had uh, a family come down and visit with them and stay in their house. And they were really good friends of ours. Anyway, this family came down and uh, the, this one friend noticed that whenever this family's uh, sons would take baths, they would take a bath, take a towel and just drop it on the floor. And, and she put them up on the rack next, next day, the same thing. And basically she said, what's going on here? And they said, oh, mom comes around and picks up our towel and washes it every day. And, um, and of course, she corrected him immediately. She said, well, ain't your mama. I ain't picking up your towel. Pick them up. You know, and, it, and it's kind of, I wonder, and I feel bad for that, that mom. Again, she may see it as caring, but I wonder how many of us enable our, our, oh, yeah. our church body to not serve because we feel like, well, we shouldn't put that on them. Tell them to pick up their towels. I mean, right. come on. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's a, re- a basic responsibility. And, and we, I think we can we can place ourselves in a responsibility of we're overburdening people. Um, but, you know, even Romans 12, it says, having gifts that differ according to grace given to us, let us use them. And it goes on verse 13, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek how to show hospitality. So there's an element of God's word and Paul just laying out, man, we're to tell people, we're to equip them mm-hmm. and then, then get them out there doing it. Um, we, we can't put them on, leave them on the sidelines because is that really discipleship right. to say, you don't have to worry about carrying a cross today because I'm going to carry it for you. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Well, you mentioned, you know, it, service is also a spiritual gift. Um, you mentioned it. And then, of course, Paul talks about that. But um, so I think for some people, because that is a spiritual gift, service comes naturally for them. And then for other people, it's not a gift. But certainly we're still to do it, whether you're gifted as a servant or not, just like evangelism. Some have the spiritual gift of evangelism, but we're all called to do evangelism service is the same way so for some people it comes naturally become maybe i guess supernaturally as a spiritual gift and for those it, it comes easy um but for those maybe that aren't gifted to be uh, a servant and and we because of our sinful nature we're born with that selfish sinful nature for some people it's hard to overcome that selfishness and say i'm willing to you know to submit myself and, and serve my church, my church family in this way. Um, so I guess the truth of the matter is it's not as easy as maybe we think it should be. Um, for me, it's a natural response to the 
to what God's done for me through his amazing grace on the cross. You know, it's just a natural response. Even the scripture says that in such a way that, you know, this is just a response to us receiving Christ, that we serve him and we let others know we shine the light of Christ through service. So, you know, maybe you and I as pastors, maybe we think this is an easier chore than than it really is. Maybe more people really do struggle with it because it doesn't come naturally to them. I, I can say one place where I feel like the church, I'm going, to, I'm going to use the word fails. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but one place I think where we where we fail or maybe we're not as good at is providing a place for men to serve. Um, yeah. We tend to need, you know, ladies and the children. And let's be honest, children's ministry is primarily females, yeah. primarily, primarily women, and we love the guys that serve there and want more. Um, but, you know, children's ministry, youth ministry, yeah. you might get some guys involved. Um, but let's be honest, a lot of the servant possibility or uh, possibility opportunities are tend to be more female than male driven. I know here, you know, the guys tend to go to the safety team or the parking lot team. <laughs> you know, uh, when we were a portable church and we met at, in a high school for 11 years, we had guys that came in on Saturdays and Sundays to help do set up and tear down. And that was a healthy time for us. Yep. It was a healthy time for our men yep. because they found a place where they belonged and they could help and they didn't mind doing physical labor. We've even had guys tell us that since we moved into our building, yeah. they missed that and they don't have a place to serve anymore. So maybe we're a little bit at fault for not providing more opportunities for men. I'm not sure what that looks like, what those opportunities could be, but but maybe we're not doing a good enough job of being creative and finding places for men to serve. Because I do feel like uh, the majority of our servants would be female over male. I don't know what the numbers are, but I think anybody would agree with me on that one, wouldn't you? No doubt, yeah. Ten, tends to be uh, female stepping up, but that also goes with the statistics of uh, too often it ends up being the, uh, the, the wife or the mom that leads the family to, yeah. to anchor in a church and, and the dad is just kind of sitting back. The number of times I've, I've seen the female come up to the you know, guest welcome table and she registers and the dad just sitting back there with arms crossed going, you know, this is it for me or whatever. But at the same time, I understand sometimes there, there's skepticism. Some might not even be Christ followers, mm-hmm. but, um, I love it when I see uh, a guy step up and going, hey, let's let's do this and dive in. I've heard I've met with numerous church planners and the one thing that uh, they've all struggled in unison with is exactly what you said. When their church went from being portable to, to landing in a facility, whether it's rented or, or they built or otherwise, mm-hmm. is they had such an incredible momentum and a unity. Basically, it was a band of warriors, band of brothers that were setting up and breaking down on a weekly basis. Yeah. And all of a sudden they got in a facility and these guys are lost, not knowing. And I've even heard of many church planners talking about they've lost those guys, part in large part because they really didn't have a plan for what to do. Right. Uh, they just thought these guys will re-engage and they'll reconnect with children's ministry. You yeah. finished exactly what you said. And the guys are like, no, it ain't me. Now, I right. do know some guys that are phenomenal that they rolled. I think one guy, Brian, that he rolls on the floor with the preschool. Oh, yeah. Whatever. He's amazing, They're out there. Yeah. Amazing yeah. Those guys are out there. But, for sure. But, for the most part, yeah, it's finding out how do we anchor those guys in a way where they're going to stay engaged um, because they, they want to be involved. I believe yeah. many of them, it was a great excuse, but now, okay, how do we keep them? I, I would love to hear from some of our listeners. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, what are ways that you keep guys involved in serving? Um, and and one other them. thing, sorry, Chuck. Go ahead. Um, one other thing that I've noticed over the years is when we get, when we get new believers or even new members that come to our church, um, in my mind, years ago, um, 
in our, in our, and with our leadership, we thought, okay, you, you come, uh, you get saved, baptized, and you take all the steps as a new believer or, or a new member. And then the next step was join a small group. Yep. And then once you join a small group, then you find a place to serve. Yep. Um, but what we've noticed over the years is people tend to find a place to serve before they find a small group. And those, and I think part of the reason is people are maybe a little leery of going to a stranger's home on weeknight, uh, and don't you don't know anybody in a strange neighborhood, strange house. Um, they're a little leery of, of making that their next step, and I can see why. But if they can serve somewhere on campus, and when they're serving here on campus, they get to know people, they get into relationships and then they feel more comfortable going and, and a lot of times they'll be invited by someone they're serving with to be in their group and so what we've seen over the years is when people come here either new believers or new members they will uh their next step will be service instead sure. of group yeah i get it, it because it, it seems that actually is a natural progression a couple of churches larger churches that i've worked with and and spent some time with the staff uh, it's been unique and that they said they really were pushing for community groups, small groups, and and some just found themselves fighting to get people in groups. And what ended up happening is some of their uh, these new people that stepped in and started serving uh, ended up their the, the team they were serving with became their community. Group. Yeah. And they what they kind of on the front end, they were like, well, that's not really a community group because they're not doing blah, 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 and not having Bible study and whatever. But they found with some, they had to make some modification. Mm -hmm. But with others, it, they actually challenged the leader. Why don't y'all do like an occasional Bible study? And it became more and more and more where these people were doing life together. They're yeah. hanging out together outside of church. They're diving in God's word together. They're praying together. Yeah. And and so that's an, an angle. Uh, instead of seeing it as a problem, what if we saw it as, as in essence, a solution yeah. uh, with that? Now, that's that's man, very And that true. sounds like a topic for uh, whenever we get to small groups and talk about small group ministries, <laughs> small groups. how you form small groups. <laughs> well, it's 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 so true just uh, that, you know, God's word lays out, you know, Romans 12, 11 says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And and personally, I see how God's word ties in and talks about serving so much that, uh, you know, Jesus, even in, in Mark 9, basically saying, if anyone be, be first, must be last to be a servant. Um, and in Mark 10, going on to say that for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. You know, Jesus hmm. Christ modeled this. Right. And, it, and if he modeled it and said, this is what we're to do, why would we not want to lead our, our bodies to do it? So I have a little bias on this one. Jim. Uh, I'm sorry, I confess. Yeah. <laughs> I leave the room now. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but just see, you know, it, it, it really is about that that expression maybe it's been overused but it's not what i want from you it's what i want for you yes and that's good when i when i tell people about talk to people about uh serving and about tithing it's so much the same it's really you know what i, I i've told people this many times it's like if you can't serve here you can't tithe here let's find you somewhere where you can because there's something incredible about when you when you give to god right. something incredible about serving god God blesses your socks off more than he's blessing the person that you're doing it. You really are, are blessed when you get out of your our, our selfish zone. Right. And we equip people to serve and see God spending us for his fame. But anyway, that's just that's good personal. stuff. Well, as usual, we just, you know, just touch these subjects. We're just at the tip of the iceberg and and we're already kind of running out of time, Chuck. But any final thoughts or maybe we don't want to pick up this subject uh, for next time. What are you thinking? Man, just exactly the uh, this thing about serving is is something that it's worth 
spending time praying over. And I would, I would encourage you, if you're not already, if you haven't developed a culture of serving or you may be struggling with it, know that we'd love to talk with you. Never hesitate to holler at us. Uh, it's, it's a passion of mine. I, I love to see people, again, using the gifts and talents for God's glory. Um, and we'd love to help you navigate it or even talk it through or just you know, be a listening ear. Or if you want to call and cry, you can do that, too, because <laughs> I know for some you're on that edge. Um, but what if we saw it as an opportunity to mentor and disciple people rather than this is a burden I'm putting on them? We're, we're equipping people to serve Jesus Christ. And, and how, how cool is that? Right. So um, anyway, I'm just, yeah, good. I look forward to hearing back some responses and some things you've found that, that work well. Yeah. And um and uh, leading people to serve in your body. Amen. Did you enjoy the Coke I gave you? Gene, it uh, was not quite enough ice in the glass. So I'm going to ask you to please go get me some more. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll try to do better next time. All right. So, well, disappointed. For in case, so disappointed. In case there's somebody listening here, <laughs> in case there's not listening at all, but if, in case somebody here listening uh, for the first time, tell us again about Connect Hope and how to connect with you. And thank you. Uh, connect Hope, we, we are all about uh, equipping pastors, uniting ministries, and basically reaching, building the kingdom. And, and so we want to be here to encourage, excuse me, and equip pastors. And, and um, that said, man, any way we can be here for you, I uh, would love to hear from you. And, um, and whether it's an individual meeting or getting together, like I said, somewhere, I just want to see you thriving in Christ. That's what we want to do. And, uh, and seeing your ministry thrive. But um, like I said, look out, man. So thankful you're joining us. Awesome. Good deal. Wafer, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Connect Hope podcast. Thanks for listening today. If today's podcast hit home with you, we hope you'll share it with other ministry leaders. If there's any way we can be here for you, please contact us at connecthope.org. Until next time, let's make Jesus famous. Thank you.